Hello, Spacers. This is Atlas, Berserker of the Acers. I need the audience to share our story to anyone you meet. One, it'll increase my standing for promotion. And two, it'll help our group share our story through the planetary system. We love to see our supporters and backup from everyone who watches. I'll hand you over to Nathan. Hey guys, thank you for watching and supporting through following, subscribing, Patreon, and even just watching listening to the show. I hope you enjoy this episode, and make sure to leave any thoughts or questions in the comments. Until next time, Spacers. Thank you. Here we go. Roll for initiative. Welcome to this episode of Starlight. I'm joined by the very best crew in all of the galaxy, maybe universe, perhaps villains. Are you guys technically villains? Uh, no. I think the <laughs> so, I don't know. Yeah, okay. Well, heroes in our hearts, villains on Endul, and pariahs throughout the universe. I have the best crew. Next to me is Courtney Yorks playing Ray Byrne. And next to me is... Uh, I'm Nathan, I play Alice. And I'm Sam Williams, and I play Clive Jensen. It has been a while. Drum roll. Applause. And the crowd goes wild as we jump in. Bada boom, bada bang. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we'll hold off on the on the inspiration this game. And due to the events and making your guys' way back to the Kashin family on Ballastar in the solar system of XR2, there are a few things that would have been uh, given out as in your guys' time of healing. So, as we saw in Season 1, Atlas lost everything, including his clothes, leaving just him bare naked with, well, you know, massive and he has since then been reclothed and uh fixed up and atlas your quartermaster has given you a burst hammer which is a lower grade weapon than your burst axe you have each one of you gets uh, two flesh sprays each one of you is given a med kit one of you is given an expanding boat it is an emergency boat that fits into a hand-sized pouch has a button on the front the outside is orange for emergencies and has a big yellow button so when it's in its little tiny form as that little handheld device it measures at 12 inches long six inches wide and six inches deep and it weighs about four pounds when pressed it opens up and it becomes a 10 foot long boat that's four feet wide and two feet deep with a nanotech engine in the back that can be assembled. Split however Ray and Clive wish, or just given all to Ray or just given all to Clive, are 12 flame shots. The flame shots provide 
an extra 2 die 6 flame damage upon impact. So whatever your standard weapon impact damage is with the extra 2 die 6. So that's 12 shots. So you guys can split that however you guys want to do that. I say one person gets the boat, one person gets the shots. I'm happy with either. Mm, well, wouldn't we all use the boat together, though? Or is it but just... But somebody has to own it. I'll take the boat. I'll take the shots. And with that, we will jump into this entirely new chapter. It has been 58 days in space travel since the three spacers left the planet of Vindul and arrived at the Kashin family on the planet of Balistar. It has been 41 days in recovering, questioning, training since then. It has been nearly 100 days altogether since the events of Indul and the Pelagium Pact. And that's where we pick up. The dust in this time settles from the frenzying storm that would become known as the Reckoning, the events which led the Pelagium Pact to unleash its superweapon during a FRA offensive to recover strategic personnel from the surface of Endul, a move which has led others to theorize that Federation forces were preparing to use deadly force regardless of the population held hostage by the Pact. It is well known that the powers of the Triumvirate could not have been in contact with the remaining bulk of their military forces, and so many speculate as to who would be so callous to disregard an entire populace. Pushed to the edge, the Pact took ownership for a bioweapon dropped to the surface of Endul. They took ownership of the Great Destruction and the Holovids that survived to detail it and it is indeed terrifying. Superstitious occultists have taken to calling the weapon the Tarask, a harbinger of death and a rebirth in all of the fringe liturgies. Using this as an axiom on which to demand remaining packed forces withdrew, assuring the allied systems that they had more of such weapons and were not afraid to use them. The XR3 solar system was given to them, and additionally, permission to inherit and colonize, or rather invade the resource-rich planet of XN1-1, was given to the Pact. The Pact seized a vast portion of asteroid mining, mining for precious minerals and metals in the Badlands, and they forced the Reveries to release all of their Synth prisoners. Any Synth caught within Pact territories was to be considered a lawful citizen of the Pelagium Pact, and any damages done against them would result in deadly force meted out by their devotee, the High Chief, Kallik of the Burning Eye. Rifts over the following months would splay the universe into different factions, as the iron control of the Triumvirate now lay dead at rest on the planet of Endul. The game was to accrue or preserve a deadly chess match that would change the face of the known universe. The Celestial Federation devolved into the Noble Alliances under a newly elected Chancellor. The Farim Zerastites 
would expand their presence under their arcane technocracy and god emperor Revan Galtair. The reveries themselves would split, with the main branch seeking a new peaceful beginning within the noble territories, for once opening themselves to the richness of all peoples. And those under Friar Halig, the White Knight, would infamously become known as the Bannered Knights, a chivalric twisted form of the reveries intent on hunting down every last synth in a feverish attempt to stop the great evil of Eternus from ever returning. As the dust settles, the spacers find themselves, their spirits and minds, unsettled and in disarray. Each carries new scars and more insidious terrors of the wounds unseen. Welcome to Chapter 2, Season 2 of Starlight. of this creature leaps out from the depths of the Kashin Strait and rends your flying thopter into two pieces, dumping its crew of Atlas, Clive, and Ray from 60 feet up into the air straight hurtling towards the water. Cold air hits you. The thing that ripped your vehicle apart splashes into the water. It was a four-headed beast that was about 30 feet in length that had leapt up out of the sea and ripped your vehicle down from the sky like nothing more than a fly. You are all falling from 60 feet in the air. I'm gonna activate my boat. You pull the boat out and you press the button and then suddenly it expands like Indiana Jones style. Clive, you are the only one on it. Roughly about two feet from you is Ray. Atlas, you were about five feet away. Clive is going to reach out to Ray to try to assist her. Ray, what skill would you like to use? Acrobatics. Fifteen. I do like a cartwheel midair. As he grabs my hand, I cartwheel over him and land on my feet. We grab the boat as it's continuing to fall. The boat begins to tilt, starting to flip in the air. You push your weight forward, trying to hold it into place. As you were falling, you realize you're going to have to try with either just you or the help of Ray to try and keep it level. Atlas, the boat is starting to move a little bit from you. Use any skill you wish to try to reach the boat. I'm trying to use my hammer to kind of like just grab onto the edge of it and pull myself in. Go to make a survival check. Uh, 19 plus 5. Your hammer hooks to the side and you start pulling yourself over. <laughs> The boat starts to shift. I need both Clive and Ray working together. Both of you pick one skill and you're both gonna roll it and add your total together as the wind starts to catch the boat and flip it. Six. 24. The boat flips sideways so that you are both hanging to it. Your head is pointing up, but your feet are dangling down. Atlas, your hammer starts to come loose. Use one skill of your choice to try to hold the hammer into place as you continue pulling yourself onto the boat. Athletics. 18. You manage to pull yourself the rest of the way onto the side of the boat. From the water, the Kashin Strait, the Hydra, 
the four-headed beast leaps up out of the waters once more. The teeth come up, kind of snapping. Three of the heads miss, but one bit of teeth looks like it's about to close around the bottom of the boat. Precision shot in the eyeball. Dirty 20 to hit. Twenty-three to hit. I'm doing sneak attack with assassin. So three to six, five, uh, eight, nine, with twelve. Sorry, this is a lot of math. Fifteen, and then times all that by two, thirty. You take your weapon. You look down just before you're about to fire it, just to check. You smile as one of the thoughts goes through your head. Just hours before you guys were sent here on this mission, you guys were told that there had been a problem problem in the rice paddy village of Osmarian involving some sort of unidentified object that had destroyed their shield wall and had let in, is letting in, tons of hydras. As you would know, the only way to stop a hydra from regrowing its head, destroy a head using fire. So we zoom back out of that memory Ray pulls the trigger. So the head explodes off of its neck. Falls into the water, and you can see clouds of blood now turning the water purple. The boat continues falling. You guys are falling feet first. I need the three of you to roll a combined survival check to get the boat righted. How far are we away from the water? By now, we'll say you're about 30 feet. I rolled a nine. 14. I rolled a nine. Using a little bit, both Clive and Ray stabilizing the side, Atlas muscles the boat the rest of the way, right side. As you guys continue following Indiana Jones style down to the choppy waters below. You look up just in time. It catches the corner of your eyes, but you see the front of the starship that you were flying. You see the remnants of that falling straight on top of you. Man, we just can't catch a break. Atlas will take a burst hammer shot at the wreckage above him. Three, nine. Boat then shudders. Sending your shot wild, it kind of shoots off just barely missing the side of it. In fact, you graze the side of it and take off a whole like corner piece. But the problem continues. You guys look down. You see that the heads of the Hydra are now circling below you. The creature having this predatorial cunning, seeing you falling straight to it. Rather than jumping, the three heads have opened their mouth like a snake waiting for you to fall into their snare. You are falling straight into the mouths of the Hydra with the piece of machinery following on top of you. Ray, try using some of those flame shots. <laughs> See if that'll scare him away. I'm going to do the same thing. Do the pistol with sneak attack and assassin. Roll a stealth roll first. A 23. At the moment, the Hydra doesn't seem as focused on you. You kind of peek over the edge and prepare to take a shot. I rolled an 8 to hit. It fires off into the water. There's a small... <laughs> 
I mean, Alice will just jump off directly at one of the Hydras. And make an acrobatics check. 10. Flying straight down towards it. Try to like rage and just hit it with my hammer. Uh, 16 plus seven is 23. It sends the head to the left, careening with the force of it. You then land onto its neck and start sliding down its body. The heads immediately all react in pain, moving out of the way just as the boat lands in between them. Pieces of the starship are about to slam not only into the body of the beast, but also into the tail end of the boat. I need you to make a vehicle handling check as you try to pull it forward. Oh. <laughs> Come on, pilot. <laughs> 17. After witnessing uh, Atlas jump off and attack the Hydra, Clive is going to recollect himself and gather, you know, look at the situation. And he's gonna that's when he's gonna start tilting the boat and moving the boat to go down down the hydra's neck, right? And then as it's reaching the very end of the neck, that's when the engine is gonna come blasting off. And it's basically the thrust from the engine that's gonna slam into the neck of the hydra as it just takes off. And then I'm gonna skid around doing like a little drift thing to come back around and pick up my comrades. As you guys land and you, you start speeding off, the Hydra screaming in the background, there was another memory that comes to mind of the recent events, what had happened just prior to crashing. You had been looking at the shield wall, trying to get an idea of the damage that was done to the wall and the dam that had been broken in the asteroid smashing into it. You also wanted to get some information on the Hydra, see how bad it was. Your guide, the one who had been flying the starship, had he'd been so naive to bring the ship a little too low. While it should have been out of the range of the Hydra to jump, this one had been an alpha and had brought you guys down. Up ahead, you see your only way of escaping now is through that very hole in the shield wall where this asteroid had broke the wall in the first place and caused all these problems. The boat continues forward and on Ray's side, there is a burbling as a smaller hydra comes flying up out of the water. This one is maybe 10 feet in length. One head snatches out at Ray. Make a skill check to, to avoid this acrobatics. 26. You manage to move out of the way. The creature, however, takes off a sighting of the boat and pulls it away. Would you guys sit still back here? You're going to make us flip over. Jesus. Atlas, I want you to go ahead and make a perception roll. 14. 
You are up a- up in the further part of the boat. You look ahead and you see that in the chaos, there is a pair of jutting rocks of which you guys are now going straight towards. You are imminently away from hitting it. Alice will just call back, swerve to the right. <laughs> roll an initiative roll versus mine. I got an 11. Got a nat one plus one. <laughs> By the time like it registers and then the words form in your mouth, you look back and the boat hits the rocks and it slams and becomes wedged in between them. There's a little bit of a leak on one side, but the boat becomes stuck. What part of the ship is stuck? The front of it or like the middle? Stuck in between them. So like right at the middle. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to debate if I either smash the small one or try to, or just grab onto the big one and just pull. Like, pull the ship forward. <laughs> Whatever you decide to do, I'll put all the power into the, the engine to try to assist you. I'm going to use insight to try to figure out how to best tell them what to do. 25. Right begins moving around and starts giving out commands. Whatever role you guys make, you may make with advantage. Athletics. That's good, because that's that one again. I need to get rid of this. Vehicle handling. No way, bro. Ooh, nat 20. You start to pull. <laughs> Your shoulder gets dislocated and it just falls loose and you fall back on your butt as Clive throws the engine into overload. He overloads the engine and it fires out like a rocket, sending you all rocketing and and the boat almost like skims the top of the water as the Hydra runs into the rock and slams into it. You guys get to about 10 feet from the hole in the shield wall. And now you can see through the hole, you can see a bay filled with these rice paddy plants, rows and rows of them, most of them brown and deflated. You can see the the village of Osmarian security forces there in their red and brown outfits, motioning for you guys to hurry. You can see them now with you in range preparing to use these flame casters on the bottom of their guns to ward off any hydras. The engine blows out from Clive pushing so hard. I'm going to jump out and swim. The security forces reach down from like a little bit of reinforcement that they've used to seal the hole partially, and they pull you up. Come on, you're up here. Tayukashin, we're supposed to be better than this. Here we go. After blowing out the engine, Clive's going to panic a little bit. He's going to try to, you know, hit it, try to get it to get get going again. It sputters a little bit. He's going to tinker with it just a little bit. can't. Can't seem to fix it, can't seem to get it going. Then he uh, he's going to hit the button on the ship to collapse it. And as he's doing that, he's going to jump and do a somersault in the air and jump into the water. And then 
uh, swim over to the wall, over to the hole in the wall. Hands grab and pull you up. Here we go, here we go, buddy, come on. Atlas, the boat folds out from underneath you, and now you are in the water, no <laughs> choice of your own. Sorry, Atlas. One of your shoulders are dislocated. Oh, I thought about this. I don't know why I was, didn't think about this before because of the raging thing. I'm going to, because I'm obviously I'm going to use one arm and my tail because it's pretty big. Do like a little like alligator or like <laughs> a large animal thing with my tail. Oh, like where you're like kind of like moving like a dolphin in the water. Yeah, like, but yeah, my tail will be like a propeller in a sense. <laughs> or like, you know, okay. saying, like a paddle-ish kind of thing. That's an interesting way of doing that. And all of a sudden... You see Atlas emerge from the water, <laughs> waves crashing behind him, sunlight <laughs> beaming down on him, and sparkles everywhere. <laughs> All right. I think I'm... <sighs> so normally... Yeah, making you think. Now. Yeah, normally you would, because you're raging, you would get advantage on an athletics roll. Yeah. So what I think I'm going to do, because it's a little bit of both... Rather rather than giving you advantage on an athletics roll, you can roll in athletics for the athletic portion, but because your arm's dislocated, I would just bump you down to a normal roll. But also since you're combining it with like this like survival mentality type move, your second roll instead of athletics can be survival. So roll in athletics and a survival and take whichever one's higher. Okay. Athletics is gonna be twenty-two. Survival is eleven plus five, sixteen. You're gonna like fly out of the water. Sun glistening against his body. <laughs> flying through the air okay. like a shark jumping out of the water. Instead of any hands reaching out to grab you, people throw themselves out <laughs> of the way as you crash onto the surface of this hole. <sighs> The Hydra comes up to about 10 feet before. There's a fire from the security forces, like literal lines of fire coming out underneath the barrel of their weapons. And the Hydra raises these almost alligator-esque eyes up out of the water and slinks back and disappear. You all three look out across the expanse and you can see dozens of these creatures, most of which have now coalesced around the wreckage of the ship way out in the water. Immediately the security forces come around you and a man who is bald, dressed in the same reds and browns, comes up to you, high collar on one side, a gold chain that's just a little disheveled and untucked. And he has the tattoo of a pink lotus flower all on the left side of his face. Looks, are you okay? All of you, are you all right? None of you's hurt? I'm fine. Thanks, are you okay? A bit shooken up, but I'll live. Alice no, is going to pop his shoulder back in. Ugh. Well, if it's shooken up is all that there is, then we can thank the gods for that. 
And, and yes, I'm fine. You are the ones who just fell 60 feet from the sky. Are you sure you're Kashin? I'm trying to be. <laughs> he laughs this like kind of grim laugh and he goes, I'm just joking with you. Trust me. There's been nothing normal about these hydras. Never before have I seen one jump that high, but after what I've seen over the past week, nothing surprises me anymore when it comes to these things. Come on, come on, let's get you cleaned up. And uh, he begins to take you into the village of Osmaria. He takes you past the brown rice paddy plants that rise up out of the water. And you get, for the first time, a really good look at this small rice village. It It is like a small town. The small town is built within the safe harbor of this kind of like nestled beachhead. A beachhead that itself has two jutting land masses that come out on the left and the right that rise up like cliffs so that it's really kind of in this sheltered aclove. The aclove, until recently, had this beautiful dam where the bottom 10 feet was this really high-tech dam and the top was this old, ornate, traditional style of building like a wall out of stone. You can see the remains of what was once known as the Three Risings. These three long pillars that were carved into statues that exist at three points within this wall. One at the edge of each of the land masses and then one at the center of this artificial wall. The whole, the wreckage from the asteroid exists on the leftern portion within the beachhead, within the shallows of the waters that the dam used to let in is where the kelp rice is grown. The reason it's called kelp rice is because these fields, they're grown like rice paddy fields, but they look like kelp. The stem of it does anyways. And the top, it opens up into this bulbous white piece of flesh that opens up just just a tiny bit to reveal kind of like this purple interior. And most of them are now a wilted brown and have like started to fold over. You watch as the top of the kelp rice opens up and these little white spores that look like rice with like some sort of implement on the top made of like white fur to catch the wind releases and starts to disappear. The man looks at it and frowns and he says, we're almost out. Now that's everything that this village is built on, the trade of this rice. When the waters and the tides hit a certain height, it triggers a normal part of the plant's life cycle reproduction to release the seeds, the rice that we eat. Our job as farmers is to grow the plant, but also not allow that part of its life sequence to be triggered. Soon, from all the disruption that those creatures are causing, it's going to destroy everything. He continues trudging, taking you up onto the beachhead, and he begins to give you more information. Information that you've already received in your briefing, but he says it anyways. It's good that you're here. I tried to have my boys take care of it, but it's turning into a problem we can't really handle. Of course, I'm sure the elders will give you more information than this. The more those creatures are around, it's they bring more tide flows. But normally we can we can get those hydras to leave us alone enough to repair the wall. But they keep attacking it. They keep trying to get through. They never give us rarely 
more than an hour's worth of time before trying to claw through. And I've never seen more than two Hydra in one region at once. Do you know how many I've seen just outside of that that wall in the past week? And he starts to count on his hands and he just, never mind, it's more than that. And he begins to then take you up the beach past a mix of homes and buildings that are look like they're from various points in time. Some are thatched village works, some are more of like an industrial styled homes, and some are a little bit more squad and futuristic. But all in all, it's a small village with hardworking people. He brings you into a nice lodging room, like a, a nice lodge that has a lot of the traditional elements of Osmarian culture in there. Uh, masks of animals, namely foxes, a stone fire pit in the center, and you can smell spiced soup being made. Uh, you guys are immediately brought by a host of people, a bench on which to sit, and the man bows very low. If you have any need of me, my name is Bergata Kimimoto. Ask for me, you can find me, but now I'm gonna go fetch the elders and have them brought to you. It should only be a moment. Oh man, we just can't catch a break, can we? It's just one thing after another. I don't know about you guys, but I'm getting kind of tired of it. Ray's gonna pull her mouse out and start calmly petting the mouse. Atlas, as you guys are sitting there and you are looking at Clive grumbling, you are looking at this strange woman, Ray, playing with this mouse that is now chirping happily and nuzzling into her neck. For the life of you, you know that you've been through a lot. You know that Guinevere put in that you needed R&R and that you were evaluated by the psych staff there as needing a break from missions. But did did the first and second Don have to punish you? The memory comes back. The memory of speaking with second Don, Sloshin Kashin, about a week after landing back on Ballastar. The memory is as clear as day. You remember sitting in the laboratory, getting worked on by Guinevere, as the door opened and Second Don Slauson walked in. A human in his 40s, dark skin and even deeper eyes and an easy smile, but a firm frown. You remember him walking up to you and waiting until Guinevere was done and Without exchanging a word, Guinevere knew that she needed to leave the room. You remember her leaving? You remember Slauson and you just sharing silence for a moment as the man sat beside you? You remember the cigar that you both shared? And then you remember him telling you it would be a good idea as you were getting back on your feet to see to the training, or at least the overview and evaluation of both Ray and Clive. And then... The memory fades. Well, looks like we should uh, speak to the elders and then figure out how to get rid of the Hydra. That that sounds good to me. I mean, I guess, but why does it seem like we're always having to fix other people's problems? It's part of the job. Um, someone just fix your problems. 
I would kill to have somebody come just fix my problems. Well, I mean, you were just broken. Literally broken when I met you. Yeah, I have bigger problems than that. I can always come back from that. Okay. And the icy silence then breaks as the door opens. And you see a very, very little woman flanked by two what look like ceremonial guards dressed in these silver masks. The woman is in a flowing gown that trails about five feet behind her and has a little girl kind of holding the train as she walks forward. Her eyes are so thin, it almost looks like she is having them completely closed and the biggest smile is on her face. These two hairs coming off the bottom of her chin. She walks forward with this like knobbly wood stick. Welcome, Kashin family. It's so good that you would come to Asmarian to deal with our troubles. How are you liking your visit so far? I heard that it began with a, a bang. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, you'll have to excuse my my sense of humor. It's a, it's been it's been a week for us. Ray has not gotten up, and she is still petting her pet mouse. Can you tell us the situation of, or what your guys' plans are for, with our assistance to get rid of the Hydra? Of course, of course, of course. Ah, uh, spice soup, anyone? I'll take some, please. And she is at best three and a half feet tall. And uh, she puts both hands on the top and smiles. It's the plan, so Commander Kimamoto told me was to seal up the hole, rebuild the wall using both flame and redirection and bait to draw the hydro away. And then our rice paddy fields should have been safe. Why, it's been destruction to our, our shield wall before that has kept our fields safe and our way of life safe. And never Never have we had more than, than a small modicum of resistance from the beasts. But in truth, Mr. Kashin, we, we do not have a plan at this point. And I am afraid, as I know, and then she, her voice gets a little bit harder. The Kashin will come when problems arise within their territory for a price. A price that I didn't want to enact. A favor that would have to be meant out by my village, but I have no choice. Your superior said that you would be able to assess the problem and fix it. And so, I do not have the fix, I have the problem. A week ago, there was a unidentified object that crashed into the wall in the dead of night. It destroyed the wall and broke it open. At first, it seemed to... While a bad course of luck, nothing more than a simple fix, a patch, we would have quick cement and uh, we would we brought in a contractor to do nanobot work on it to build it as quick as possible. But that's when the Hydra came. They came within six hours of the destruction. Their hearing is quite keen and their eyesight even more. And 
they destroyed our work. And then they started digging. They've been trying to destroy the foundation of the wall and break through. And as you know, Hydras are a hybrid creature. Adept at swimming, but born with six vicious legs and talons that could rip a man in two. Well, they could come up and destroy our village without our shield wall. And the flame of our security forces is slowly beginning to wane. Even the Hydras are beginning not to fear it as much. But I have no answer. I've never seen this before. Biologists and textbooks and traditions and our, our culture, our religion does not speak of any event that has ever happened where more than two Hydras in mating season have been seen together. And now we have had at least 22 sightings of them not fighting as they would out in the wild, but almost working together to dig at that hole. The strange part is, unless one of our men get in the way, they don't even seem to try and attack them. We simply do not have the tactical skills here. And bless Kimoto's heart, he would think so, but he he failed out of the, <laughs> the bigger city's precincts. He is good at his job here on a small scale, but I don't think he is quite up to task for this. And I, I, I don't know what to do about it. So while you are here, anything that this town can offer, you have at our disposal. And while it pains me not to put forward the same hospitality I would hope, you must understand that we have lost. And she looks out the window at the crop of rice paddy plants that are dying. Over 70% of our yield this year when they will need to be replanted. And so I've commanded all of our retailers and merchants to be as helpful to you as possible and normally they would give you whatever you needed free of charge but they are to give you a 50 percent discount on whatever it is you need and of course anything that my security forces can provide that they have that is yours to use as well any intel that my security force has gathered that is yours as well your rooms are being made as the most honored guests within Osmaria. And I, 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 I hope that this issue can be resolved soon. Real quick, you said the unidentified object that hit your guys' wall. By chance, do you guys know where the object is or have it anywhere near here? No, no. It, it slammed into the wall and I would assume that it disintegrated into to pieces. Many, many pieces and scattered across the... The straight and below, it was an asteroid. Nothing worthy of looking at. You said it was an asteroid. By chance, where is that asteroid? I know you said it disintegrated, but... She points out the window to where the hole is in the shield wall, and she says, that's where it struck. And if uh, you have an interest in geology, that would probably be the best place to find remnants of it. Now... You said before recently when the shield wall was destroyed, the most you guys ever saw were about two two or so hydras. At, during those times, where, where were the rest of the hydras? I mean, obviously, these ones just didn't appear out of nowhere. They must have come from somewhere. Of course not. They are creatures that wander uh, some of the lower trenches in the ocean. 
Specifically, the spawning grounds uh, of Hydra have been located here to the Kashin Strait, just outside of our village. But even so, I mean, there are plenty in the wilderness. I couldn't tell you where they're coming from, except the crater ocean. Do they come from the Kota Ocean or the Ryu Ocean? Or both? They tend to live out their life cycle in the Kota Ocean, but this is their spawning grounds up here in the Strait. Hmm. So there's quite some distance they have to travel to get here for spawn. Yes, but it's not so uncommon amongst various marine animals to travel such distances. Yes, but what if we could break the traveling? I mean, of course, yes, but uh, I hardly see how that's doable before the rest of our crop dies. Has anything new uh, came to town or the village in the past week? Mm, besides an asteroid? No. New? Oh, I'll t- I can tell you new, dearie. Uh, oh, what was his name? The, the, he's a well-meaning boy, and there is a lot of future growth for him, uh, assuming that he can make things explode less, but uh, uh, but Artixis, that's that young tinkerer, he blew the wall off of one of the bars recently. Although I do not think the spirits is good for the constitution of our people. That would be the newest thing. I mean, if we're not including a asteroid sent from the Great Ones down upon our walls, or if we're not counting hydras as newcomers, or the two beached wells that have shown up, or the thousands of fish that are now starting to swell outside our waters. You said Artixis? Artixis. Artixis. He's, he's, I really just bring him up as a joke. He's, he's well-meaning. He's just... So no one potentially thought that the two explosions were linked? Oh, oh dear. Of course there are people who think that. There are many in this village who would think Artixis a pariah, someone to run out of town. I knew his family well, and I know the boy well. And if he messes up one more time, I am going to have to run him out of town for his own health and safety. But no, he 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 means well. He wants to be a great inventor like his father. He, Where is I mean, Artixis? if you need someone to take him out i'm happy to help if excuse me becoming too much of a problem i mean i'm happy to help take away the problem make a persuasion roll uh one she looks at you with this like look of like she thought you were joking and then she realizes you're dead serious and there's straight horror on her face he's a good boy well, I mean, it sounds like he's blowing up things, and I haven't looked at her at once, and I'm still petting this mouse. So I I just thought I would offer to help. I it was a, a not, kind gesture. I do Sorry. not need your help, Miss Kashin, with this. I just need help running off these hydras long enough that we can build a solid foundation and seal the wall. Well, he just sounded like he was a problem too, but I will help with the wall. That would be much obliged. Where is Artixis? She looks furtively at Ray. I just want to know, does he does he have a laboratory or an engineer shop or something similar that his father or him uses or used to use? Well, his own estates. It's a little bit out of the way. It's, uh, it's about an hour foot travel. Um, at least at a very, <laughs> at my pace. But it's a little bit north of the village. 
Now he claims that he saw some something. I've heard that complaint over and over. So, like I said, any of our resources are yours. So if you if you want to talk to the boy, or if you think he has an idea, you can speak with him. But I think as of right now, that would be the best lead. And potentially, if you say this boy is good, then he may be able to figure out some way of helping us with the Hydra issue. And if he's not good and can't help, then we can take care of the problem. I mean, heck, at the very least, he might know a little bit more about these creatures than we do. Let's at least give us a good idea of why this might be happening. He, he does do a lot of exploring of the local flora and fauna. He has a he has a good head on his shoulders, and I would appreciate if you did not harm a hair on his head. Will the Great One's curse be upon you? But yes, I can I can have one lead you to his estates if you wish. But if you are going to drag him into this, I would ask that if something goes wrong, you make sure his name is not attached. He's on a loose thread with most of the villagers as it is. And he's trying his best. And so if he messes up or if you mess up and his name is attached to it, it's the end of him. He's just a boy. First, if we can, I would like to go to the markets and see about resupplying. That that we can make that happen. Come on, Rayukata. And she looks back at the girl holding the, the train of her dress. She has her two viziers come up and take both of her arms. And she begins walking slowly out of the lodge to lead you guys out to the markets. And with that, I think that might be a good place to call that game if you guys would agree yeah 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 welcome back to starlight and welcome to season two a new chapter and i'm excited for what's to come so we'll see you guys soon spacers see you later (laughs) (laughs) thank you for listening to this episode of starlight if you enjoyed this please like share subscribe For early releases, exclusive RPG content, and other bonus material, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash starlightadventures. And to reach us for questions to be aired, email us at thestarlightadventures at gmail.com. See you next Tuesday, spacers.